This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Stella Ray Herself podcast. New episodes every Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning in yet again. Thank you to all the existing listeners. Thank you to all the new listeners. How was y'all's week going so far? Let me know. It is almost cancer season. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about FOMO today. We are going to talk about the Kardashians aging and feminism today. I'm going to give you all a little story time. You know, we just got a lot of content today. So buckle in, folks. Also, thank you so much to everyone who shared the podcast on Instagram and on Twitter last week. And thank you to everyone that commented on the YouTube video last week, the YouTube podcast, sharing your thoughts. I feel like there was a lot of discourse on last week's episode, and it was just really fun to chat with you guys afterwards. That's like one of my favorite things about this podcast is the discourse and the chatting and the different ideas that we can share. So thank you guys so much. Let's do a beverage check. Comment your beverages down below. Today I have a grande cold brew from Starbucks with two pumps of classic syrup and oat milk. And then I also just have some water. Pretty boring. So last weekend, I went to Vegas, y'all. And Vegas is just such a weird place. I've been one other time for my 21st. It was a vlog. I don't know if y'all saw that. But both of these times, like, I, okay, this is the thing. Like, I'm just not, like, crazy and wild. And, like, especially, I'm just not really, like, a club person in general. And especially Vegas clubs are just, like, so huge. And if it's just, like, me and my friend going, like not for like a reason like I don't know we just kind of went because I had flight credit to use and I was like this is just like a really quick you know convenient trip it was just like I'm not gonna be like let's go pop our pussies in the club <laughs> even out in LA especially this past year like 2022 especially especially like I'm just not I don't want to be in the club like I just don't like I don't know what changed y'all not that I loved the club before but like I could definitely have fun and pop out but like now I'm just like I'm not feeling it. So I would say this time was even more chill than the last time. Last time I did go to a pool party, but I don't even know if it was an event. Like I don't think there was a DJ or anything. It was just like, it was like a pool party though. But this time was even more chill. Like I went to no parties. I went to no clubs, but Vegas is just the weirdest place ever. And I was curious to see how my perspective would change from when I first went back in 2019. And it's pretty much the same. Like, Vegas is literally, like, Hollywood Boulevard in a area. I was going to say in a city, but I know, like, the Strip is not the whole city. It's just so, like, free-for-all, weird harassment vibes. Like, bro, I definitely... We definitely got harassed way more than the last time I was there. Especially at night. I couldn't walk anywhere without being talked to whistled at um this old man like touched like put his hand on my back oh it was so gross like it was so gross and it's just like all these like old like white men like it was just so creepy i also did get a lot of compliments from older women which was great <laughs> they kept complimenting my outfit my outfits it was amazing 
Um, but yeah, so it was just, it was so weird. I was like, ew, like, I just, I mean, the second day was cool because we just like, bro, what I'm telling you, like, it was just so chill. We would just go to the pool and like, go eat and then like drink and then like go but even that like when it's that hot i think it was like 110 like i didn't even want to drink because i just felt like it was like dehydrating me like i would like have a drink when we went out to eat and like i had a drink at the pool but i was not like i was never at any point drunk like at all also all the kids that are everywhere like running around i saw like multiple newborn babies <laughs> when we were at the pool there was this lady next to us with her I assume they were both her kids. It was, like, this girl who was probably, like, 10 or 11 and then, like, this two-year-old little boy. And she just, like, she was, like, sitting with them and then she was, like, to the older girl, like, oh, like, I'm gonna go to the pool. Like, will you watch him? And she just, like, left her kids for mad long. Like, the baby, the two-year-old, like, he was just sitting there. He was so cute. Like, I felt bad for him because he was obviously so bored. Like, he's just sitting there quietly and, like, looking around. Like, didn't have any toys or anything, like, and he was just like drinking his water and he literally ate like four packs of fruit snacks while we were sitting there like it was I'm like well this kid's obviously like hungry needs to go like take a nap like and she's just like peace out y'all like <laughs> the vibes were just like very odd and there was like no hot guys at all not my favorite place i think the only way i would go i don't think i'm ever gonna just like go for fun because it's just like i don't that's the thing i don't really like clubbing like i would so much rather go to like a city i just like local shit like that's why i fucked with new york so much is it just like or just like any city i've been to you know it's like everywhere's gonna be a little different like i like finding the local spots i prefer like bars and lounges over like the club so i don't think i'm ever gonna go to vegas unless it's like for a reason or like with a bay or like something like that if i'm gonna go to the desert i'd rather just go to palm springs get an airbnb have my own pool and just like chill because that's what i like to do so anyway, let me, if you've been to Vegas, let me know if you've had the same experience. But it's just such, like, it's such a weird place. And it's just like, ew. Like, especially just because I wasn't really drinking that much. I cannot honestly imagine being fucked up there. Like, and just, oh my God. Like, but it was still, like, definitely hilarious. Like, it was fun just because it was funny. And, like, we did get to chill. And it's just fun to, like, go, you know, get out of the city for a little bit. So, But, yeah, so I am going to New York in a couple weeks. So for those of you over there, let me know. Like, what's the what are the chic things to do right now? Like, do you know any chic restaurants? Just, like, things to do during the day? Let me know. Um, I'm not really going for that long. But I definitely want to make the most of my trip. And... I'm just super excited to finally go back because if y'all remember, I was supposed to go back in December, but I was sick. So I'm finally making it back out there, you know, six months later. So for our first topic, I wanted to talk about FOMO because I asked you guys to send me topic suggestions and that was a, that was one that came up a couple times, I think. So let's talk about it. So FOMO is the fear of missing out. And I put this on my story, but I feel like this has this concept has really accelerated over the past however many years because of social media and because of our ability to really control our image our external image to our peers to the world um to the public you know and we're able to make our lives look amazing even if they're not. And I feel like even if you're not intentionally doing that, it's like most people aren't posting every single little thing about their life online. So it's like you're never really truly able to 
know the full extent of someone's world. And I feel like even just knowing someone, you know, unless you really, really know someone, I mean, you can never be inside someone else's brain, but it's like, even in real life, like you can never really know what's going on with someone else. So social media just takes that to a whole nother level. Um, And I feel like FOMO can just be so casual sometimes, you know, in the sense of like, you're just watching IG stories and it seems like everybody's out doing something except you. So you feel like bad about it. It's like, oh, like, do I not have any friends? And it's just like, you don't really know what's going on in everybody else's world. So it's impossible to, you know, accurately compare yourself to that when you know yourself, you're in your own brain and you're not in anyone else's brain or life. So I found some classic articles as I do about FOMO. And then I also asked you guys to submit some things on FOMO. So we're going to be looking over that as well. This is from time.com. A recent study on FOMO defined it as the uneasy and sometimes all-consuming feeling that you're missing out, that your peers are doing in the know about or in possession of more or something better than you. Nearly three quarters of young adults reported that they experienced this phenomenon. It's certainly not a good thing and it leads you to check social media again and again and again so you don't feel out of the loop. So you know you're doing okay and so you don't feel left out. Sometimes this alleviates the anxiety, but often it doesn't. And either way, it drives you to keep running around the digital hamster wheel to feel okay with yourself. You can fix this problem, but first the bad news, FOMO is a lot worse than you think. Great. So let's just go over what causes FOMO. They say that FOMO often originates in unhappiness. Our findings show that with low levels of satisfaction for the fundamental needs for competence, autonomy, and relatedness tend towards higher levels of fear of missing out as do those with lower levels of general mood and overall life satisfaction. FOMO leads people to check social media right after they wake up, before they go to bed, and during meals. I really feel this. Like, I feel like especially, I feel like just in general, you know, our generation, generations, you know, we kind of grew up with social media. Like, I have never been a week without social media, without technology in that way. Like, my phone or, like, computer, you know? Um, So finally... I set time limits on just Instagram and TikTok because those are definitely the apps that I can just like spend the most time on. Definitely more so TikTok. I feel like Instagram, I'm more so on there to like post and chat with you guys. I don't really scroll on Instagram that much except for like stories, but TikTok, I can spend hours just watching videos and scrolling. So I set a two hour limit for both of those because I don't know, like what's a normal time limit? Is that like reasonable? Um... And it's just kind of, it's like, oh, I already spent two hours on this app. So I'm definitely going to keep that. And I would love to spend less time. But I feel like especially over the pandemic, like I just got so much more addicted to social media and to my phone and just like allowing myself to spend hours scrolling like on TikTok or whatever, because that was kind of all there was to do. I definitely realized for myself, like it's always when I'm back home and especially on trips, not including travel days like I feel like travel days I will spend a lot of time because you're not you're waiting to board your flight you're waiting on the plane you're on the plane maybe you have wi-fi you know it's like just be scrolling um but whenever I'm like doing shit when I'm back home I'm spending time with my family when I'm on a trip I'm like exploring new places getting harassed by creepy old men you know like (laughs) it's like I'm just on my phone less because I'm experiencing life when I'm just like during the general week, especially me, I'm I'm sure a lot of you can relate. You know, I'm home alone most of the time. I'm like working. I'm just like doing my tasks. It's like I'm eating alone. I'm 
you know, at the gym in between sets, I'm on social media. And I think also, it's like, I always want to use the excuse of like, oh, well, it's also my job. It's like, yeah, to a certain extent, but like, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you can just like scroll and scroll and scroll, you know? So anyway, uh, setting the time limits, I feel like, I mean, it's only been a few days, honestly, but I feel like it's definitely made me more aware already. So hopefully it can like help my addictions. Okay. So you're not feeling so great, whether you realize it or not, and you turn to social media to make you feel better. Only one problem there, it actually makes you feel worse. This reminds me of So My Mom, at So My Mom's a Therapist on TikTok and IG. She recently posted a podcast clip about, it was more so about relationships and like checking you know, like, let's say you're talking to someone, you have a crush, and they're not texting you back. So you get the urge to, like, check their social media, check their friend's social media, their friend's stories. And you do that as a way to, you know, your brain wants to seek information about why they're not texting you back. That's why it's, like, bothering you so much. And so, like, you can't stop thinking about it. Um, so you go on your stalking mission. But that usually rarely makes you feel better because you know, you're always going to find something you don't want to see, you know? Um, and so what we need to do is just learn how to self-regulate. So when we turn to social media, you know, we're looking to regulate our nervous system. Um, and especially if you're already feeling bad, you know, we expect it to make us feel better, even if it's not consciously. And so often it doesn't, you know, it can lead to FOMO. It can lead to like anxiety about like, oh, like what is my crush doing without me? What are my friends doing without me? Um, and it's just really rare that it actually like soothes you. With that being said, sometimes, you know, if you have anxiety, watching some TikTok can alleviate that. <laughs> it can re help regulate you. Um, but I think it's just more so about the type of anxiety. And it's like, ideally, you'd have healthier ways of self-regulating. If one only wished to be happy, this could be easily accomplished. But we wish to be happier than other people. And this is always difficult for we believe others to be happier than they are. Stop paying so much attention to how others around you are doing is easy advice to give, but hard to follow. Nonetheless, social comparison seems sufficiently destructive to our sense of well-being. It is worthwhile to remind ourselves to do it less. Even if we logically know that Facebook or Instagram, who uses Facebook no notes, is an, an accurate depiction of people's lives, Confronting your seeming inadequacy 24-7 against an unachievable false reality can hammer your already vulnerable self-esteem. So the most common response is to post something, as if to say, look at me, I'm cool too. I know y'all have done this. I know y'all have like seen your crushes out and so you post a hot selfie, like, or a hot, you know, pic on your story. I just know it. Posting to alleviate your discomfort also has an important secondary effect. By presenting your carefully edited version of life, you just made anyone who sees it feel worse. You're spreading the virus. So now they get into how do we break this cycle? We all have bad things we could think about, but they don't bother us when we pay them no mind. Look on the bright side as a cliche, but it's also scientifically valid. Your happiness is determined by how you allocate your attention. What you attend to drives your behavior and it determines your happiness. Attention is the glue that holds your life together. The scarcity of attentional resources mean means that you must consider how you f can make and facilitate better decisions about what you pay attention to and in what ways. If you are not as happy as you could be, then you must be misallocating your attention. So changing behavior and enhancing happiness is as much about withdrawing attention from the negative as it is about attending to the positive. When you're caught in the loop of FOMO, you tune out the real world and you turn into the fake one. And they keep using Facebook as an example, but it's like 
I think for most of us, it's like Instagram. People with FOMO stop paying attention to life and turn to social media for their happiness. And then they say, it's simple, really. Try gratitude. Look around what good things might you be taking for granted. Your home, your family, your friends. Take a couple seconds to imagine that those were taken away from you. How would you feel? Bad things happen to us randomly, right? So to some degree, you are lucky to have what you do. (laughs) Mentally subtracting cherished moments from your life makes you appreciate them more, makes you grateful, and makes you happier. The more a person is inclined to gratitude, the less likely he or she is to be depressed, anxious, lonely, envious, or neurotic. Gratitude uniquely predicts all outcomes considered. Higher grade point average, life satisfaction, social integration, and absorption, as well as lower envy and depression. So the law of attraction does have scientific value. No clickbait, historical evidence presented scientific article included social media is merely a tool and like any tool its effectiveness will depend on its user if you use they say facebook again if you use facebook to increase face-to-face contact it increases social capital so if social media lets you organize a game of football among your friends that's healthy if you turn to social media instead of playing football however that's unhealthy when you're with your friends put your phone away forget the fake perfect lives of facebook that lead to phone Facebook. And this article is only from like two two years ago as well, so I was like, bro. Instead, try JOMO, the joy of missing out on all those illusions. So true though. So to sum up the article, y'all, FOMO starts with sadness. Social media makes it worse, not better. Social media is not evil, but relying on it for happiness is. Happiness is about attention. Focus on the good and you will feel good. Law of attraction. Read the book Creating Money. Honestly. Gratitude is essential. Imagine losing the things you're lucky to have and you will appreciate them. That's funny because I <laughs> I don't normally hear like, oh, express gratitude as imagine losing what you have. But I guess that's effective, you know, but I feel like for some of us that may cause more anxiety, like that preemptive grief, you know, or like sadness or like thinking, being sad about something that you haven't lost yet. So, I mean, you could just try if you're anxiety prone, maybe just try being grateful and I think it really just comes into it comes back to living in the moment and being present like this morning bro yesterday I was like so pissed so basically (laughs) I just always feel like I never have enough groceries and I'm just like pissed and it's like y'all know my beef with lunch like I'm just like oh my god like I'm so starving all the time but then it's like I'll be full at my meals so it's like what's going on like I don't know and I just like didn't really want to do a grocery order this week because I'm not I usually like to make a big grocery order for like two weeks, but next week I'm not going to be in town. So I'm like, maybe I'll just like go to Whole Foods, like walk there. But like, anyway, so I was just like annoyed. And like yesterday I wanted to order food from this place, but they were closed. So I was just like pissed. So this morning I had like, I made some breakfast potatoes and I had eggs and I just like really took a second to be so grateful for that meal, which like I usually try to do, but there was something about this breakfast and it was not a special breakfast at all, y'all. But I was just like, I took them on. I was like, thank you so much for this breakfast right now because like I'm about to be full and then I do not have to think about food and it's just gonna be great so I'm just really like in-depth story time for this analogy but things like that you know like just truly like taking a step back and just being like I like this is great and I do think it kind of goes into what I've been talking about over the past couple weeks in my podcast about you know healing and perfectionism and how sometimes we subconsciously expect that our life is going to feel perfect or be perfect at a certain point or like oh if i was better my life would you know be perfect i wouldn't have to deal with this with this problem or this negative emotion or whatever but the truth is like no matter how 
successful you are, no matter how beautiful you are, no matter how perfect your relationship is or how perfect your life is, you're still going to run into problems. You're still going to run into uncomfortable emotions, trauma, grief, bullshit, (laughs) annoying ass people. Um, And therefore, it's so important to be proactive, I guess, in finding the joy and practicing gratitude in your life because like that's what makes up your life you know it's not like we're just like waiting for it to get good like we got to practice it being good and appreciate the good before it's gone you know <laughs> and also as far as them touching on social media as a tool i think that's so true y'all know i've talked about before like i really try to curate my instagram feed to be a space of things that make me feel good, pages that make me feel good. So I follow a lot of therapy pages, a lot of, you know, I'll follow psychologists that make those little, you know, the text posts on things or, you know, like, I don't know, a life coach, like just accounts that post positivity and things that actually make me think and like feel good. I like to follow, you know, nature pages i like to follow book pages cooking pages and i'm sure a lot of you already know this um but if your whole feed is just like full of you know i don't know instagram models or people from you know your hometown people you went to school with that you know they're like bothering you or whatever it's like you can like don't follow those pages or you can like mute people you know sometimes you don't want to start beef by unfollowing someone just mute people and just really curate your feed to make you feel good and I think it's important to practice mindfulness so when you start to kind of feel yourself you know oh I'm experiencing FOMO or whatever like oh I'm starting to like feel oh my god am I not doing enough like why aren't I out this weekend like oh my god like why aren't I traveling right now why am I not in a relationship this that like it's like I'm just experiencing a little FOMO let me put my phone away let me go outside let me go get a coffee let me call up a friend let me like do something productive in the sense of something that's going to actually make me feel good rather than like I don't feel good so I'm gonna scroll scrolling isn't making me feel good but I'll just keep scrolling in hopes that I'll feel good (laughs) that's never gonna work so now I just wanted to read a few of the things that you guys submitted so this is just kind of a menagerie (laughs) of different things like people's experiences issues y'all have how to get over it like it's kind of a mix of everything so this person says they experience FOMO when people are traveling or having fun in big cities and I'm sitting at home I definitely feel this and especially social media but it's just like it's valid to feel that obvi but I think what I try to do when I experience this is number one low-key use it as motivation I get very stuck in my routines and I'm not always like the most adventurous so if I'm like oh like all these people are traveling. I want to travel. Like, it's like, okay, like, what I try to do is just tell myself, like, okay, like, what can I do to make this happen? Like, do I need to start researching some places? I need, I need to, like, make a plan and start saving up for it. Like, things like that. Um, and just kind of use it, like, as motivation, you know? And then also, it's just, like, people make traveling seem so glamorous and, like, amazing. And it's, like, really not. Like... Even if someone has, like, a PJ and it's, like, amazing, like, obviously that's going to make the experience, like, a little easier. Obvi- ob- just a little. Um, but traveling's exhausting and you just have to think of the real life. Like, you're only seeing, like, beautiful pictures that they post. Bro, even me. Like, I was watching my Vegas story. I was like, this looks so chic. But, like, 
in reality i'm just like hot i'm like <laughs> i want to go take a nap not the camera dying bro i swear i was fully charged i need like a new camera and a laptop anyway at least i don't have to think about my posture now just kidding so that's kind of what i do um but yeah so i hope that's like, helpful but <laughs> and then the next one look at this i remind myself that everyone is on a different timeline and journey this is so true as well and i think you know, the more you're able to focus on your own experience and feelings in life and just less on what everyone else is doing, you know, bringing your attention back to you. It's just, it's important because, okay, not to be like judgmental, but it's like, do you ever, okay, this is like a great example. Like, do you ever, this is like a perfect example of like social media versus reality you follow this girl and like she's always posting her boyfriend and like oh my god they're so cute they have the cutest pics but then like she adds you to her close friends and she starts like spilling the real tea about like oh he's cheating on her and like just all this stuff and it's like oh damn like i thought y'all were like cool or like i just thought you guys were like so in love and like had this perfect relationship and like oh like this is what's really going on so it's like you know they need to work on themselves. Everyone like still needs to work on themselves, you know, even if they're posting the best pics and like doing what you think you want to be doing. It's like they still have issues at the end of the day. <laughs> so it's like, I'd rather have my issues. And then like, if I want to travel, at least I'm traveling with my own shit instead of, you know, someone else's. I don't know. Someone says more like Jomo, the joy of missing out. So true. I felt FOMO today and I just try to be happy for others, but it's hard. Um, even that, I think like, you know, low key, it'd be better to feel happy for yourself because it really is about you at the end of the day. Like, it's not about what anyone else is doing. I feel this though, like, or like, I don't know if your friend, it's even harder low key sometimes when you experience jealousy about a friend and it's like, then you almost feel guilty after because it's like, I don't want to be jealous of my friend. Like, I want to feel happy for them, but Y'all just know like jealousy, FOMO, envy, all of these things are very natural emotions. So to say, and in relationships, you're like, oh, I never get jealous. Like jealousy is not like an inherently bad thing. You know, it's an emotion. It's just a natural emotion and we're able to feel it and we can just ask ourselves like, okay, well, why am I experiencing that? Like, do I wish I was traveling? Like, what could I, again, like, what could I do to make that happen? Or like, what in my life could I be doing differently to... I don't know, get the results that I want and the, have the experiences that I want. So just really bringing it back to yourself, I think is so important and not like trying to shake off or just push away those emotions of like jealousy or like, uh, um, because it's normal. So yeah, this person says they put it into perspective. I'd have fun because I'm bringing that with me. The excitement is wherever I am. This is so true. I've felt this before or I've heard, I mean, felt for sure but i've i forget where i read this it was a long time ago but something like you're never truly missing out on anything because the experience would have been different if you had been there you know and just like as a leo i really felt that because like i, I bring the party okay a lot of people are talking about traveling like i'd say half of these are about like oh i experienced fomo when like someone else is traveling fomo on my potential like i'm afraid i'm missing out on career life opportunities and travel so this is also another good opportunity to just kind of ask yourself, you know, like go a little deeper with it, I think. Maybe you should do some journaling. <laughs> what am I afraid of? 
You know, I feel like a lot of the times when we have that fear of like, oh, I'm not doing enough or like whatever, it's like, well, am I taking risks? Am I pushing myself outside of my comfort zone? You know, what self-limiting beliefs are holding me back? It's weird because it's like, not weird, but it's weird because sometimes it's like just all the answers. Like we have all the answers, you know, it's just a matter of like listening to ourselves, I guess, and just like sitting with it and like seeing what comes up. But once you start paying attention to that, it's like, Oh, because there's like our thoughts in our brain, you know, that are just like, yeah, that's me. But then it's like all it's like our emotions, like all these underlying things that can really be like with our intuition, all of that. It can just really it really has so much impact on our lives. And it's like until we tune into it, we're not really going to be aware. This person says I experimented with friends and social media. I've learned to ask myself whether I'm actually missing out or if it's just FOMO or the idea of missing out and learning to differentiate. So true. And yeah, I feel like, especially as someone with anxiety and social anxiety, to be honest, um, if I feel like, oh, I miss, like, oh, I'm missing out. Sometimes it's like, I am missing out. Like I didn't, I don't know. I didn't reach out to someone and ask what they were doing this weekend when I could have, because I was kind of like anxious, like, oh, what if they say no? Or like, oh, again, I'm not getting out of my comfort zone. You know, maybe I had anxiety about like, going to this event where there was going to be a lot of people I didn't know. So I kind of like, you know, I, did, I decided not to go, but then I ended up feeling bad about it because it's like, well, I, I feel like I'm missing out, but I'm the one that excluded myself. So that too is like a good opportunity to just get outside your comfort zone, ask yourself like, what could I do different next time? And yeah, sometimes it is like the idea of missing out or you're just like comparing your whole life to like just someone's like two second IG story or picture on their story. And it's like, that's not really realistic. This is really good. I grew out of it when I started prioritizing how I actually felt versus the potential of the night. That is so true. Um, and they started this, they have like a few messages. They said, I would literally go out, have to go to any event just so I didn't miss out, even if I was not feeling it. And I would end up having a shitty time and be thinking, I knew I shouldn't have come out, but I just didn't want to miss out on the memories or inside jokes with my friends. But yeah, so that's actually so true too. And I feel like especially with dating, it's like you just have to really, just in the sense of like, let's say you've really been wanting to hang out with this guy and there's, you know, one night where you're off late from work, you're like exhausted, you just want to go to sleep so bad. But then he hits you up and he's like, oh, like, what are you doing tonight? We're going to go out. Like, do you want to come? It's like you have to put yourself first in any situation, especially in that kind of situation. But it's like, how do I actually feel? It's like, do I want to go out? But I just have like some anxiety about it, some social anxiety. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, is this something I can like push through? Or like, oh, I'm going to be glad that I went. Or is it like, no, I'm actually tired. I'm feeling a little drained. I just need some time to myself. You know, I don't want to be tired tomorrow. I don't want to be hungover tomorrow, whatever it may be. I can't afford that right now. Like, let me just save my money, stay at home, whatever it may be. Um, and again, that's kind of like listening to your inner self and just that other layer of like intuition and emotions and just like overall vibes. Um, so yeah, as you can see, like there's kind of, there's different variations of FOMO. Like there's that FOMO about like life in general and like your overall happiness and comparing your whole life to someone else's and like, oh, why am I not there? Why am I not that successful? Blah, blah, blah. And then there's like literally just, oh, like I'm having FOMO because I didn't go out last night or should I go out or you know, more day-to-day things, you know? Um, So I think what we can take away from this is to stay in your own lane, focus on how you feel, and I guess just don't be afraid of experiencing 
things. Don't be afraid of experiencing FOMO or of experiencing jealousy or, you know, being annoyed or anything, you know, all negative because that's just information, you know, that your, your body, mind, soul is telling you about, you know, how you feel, what you really want to be doing and, you know, sometimes it can just be a gentle reminder, like, oh, maybe I need to be on my phone less. Maybe I need to practice more gratitude in my day to day. Maybe I need to take more risks. Um, maybe I need to be planning a trip or saving up for a trip or whatever. And it's just a lot more empowering when you're able to focus it back on yourself instead of like, you know, just mindlessly scrolling, like trying to find something that's going to validate you or like, oh, well, if everyone else is posting a hot pic, I'm going to post a hot pic. So like people know that I'm like as hot, (laughs) whatever. I'm as like adventurous. I can travel like whatever. I'm going out this weekend. Um, So yeah, good takeaways. Um, But let me know in a comment if you, you know, well, even if you did participate in the IG thing, but let me know if you've ever experienced FOMO, what type of FOMO and how did you get past it? Speaking of wanting to fucking scream, why am I getting hungry right now? Okay. So switching gears a little bit, I wanted to talk about cancer season. So cancer season starts this year on June 21st. Shout out all the cancers. I love cancers. I've always loved cancers. I was actually supposed to be a cancer, but um, I was late. So, you know, she had to be a Leo. But also my son is in the fourth house of cancer and I have a cancer Venus and Mars. And just like in my whole family, like, my immediate family, and then also both sides. There's just so many people with, so many people who are cancer, so many people with cancer placements. It's actually super interesting. So I would just wanted to go over cancer season and what we can expect. Gemini season has been real fun, but you know, we got to chill out a little bit before we get to Leo season. Okay. So this is actually from the book, the only astrology book you'll ever need. I don't think it's the only astrology book you'll ever need. Honestly, there's a lot of information that... (laughs) is not included in this but it's a good book just as you know for beginners at astrology and if you just want to know general info on like signs and birth charts and things like that so i will link it down below but this is from the cancer page so cancer is a water sign obvi cancer is receptive sensitive and imaginative sympathetic kind and emotional and possesses an active shrewd and intuitive mind their ruling planet is the moon earth's one satellite which waxes and wanes and exerts a powerful magnetic influence in astrology the moon governs emotions and intuitive behavior and the symbol is the crab possessing an impenetrable exterior covering soft flesh underneath at the first sign of danger it withdraws into its shell and scuttles back to the sea where it feels safe the dominant keyword is i feel cancer's opposite sign is capricorn cancer is the sign of home and family life Cancers seek close personal relationships and are happiest surrounded by the familiar and those whom they love. Capricorn, Cancer's opposite sign, is the sign of reputation and public standing. Natives of Capricorn are concerned with the image they project and they search for power and fulfillment in the outside world. Your most likable trait as a Cancer is loyalty. No one has ever said Cancers are easy to understand. You may appear gentle, kind, sympathetic, and a patient listener. Then someone asks for advice and you turn cranky, snappish, and appear to be completely indifferent to anyone's problems but your own. You may wallow in self-pity and complain endlessly about how mistreated you are by the world. Turn another page of the calendar and suddenly you're back to being helpful, 
solicitous and ready to do anything asked of you. More than any other sign, cancer is a series of contradictions. You prize security above all else, yet love new adventure. You are the soul of caution, but you're also a courageous initiator who goes out of your way to push over obstacles with your driving personality. Like the tides, cancer is the sign of powerful forces moving under the surface. That surface, however, is quite difficult to penetrate, for cancerians tend to build up an elaborate array of defenses to hide their best feelings and extreme sensitivity. So that really reminds me of like, like people just always, because cancer is a water sign, people always want to say, oh, cancers are so emotional, this and that. Um, And I just have this specific memory of, I think it was like a TikTok or something, but of, I think it was keeping up with the Kardashians. And it was some scene, I forget literally what season or what the situation was, but you know, everyone's like crying and Chloe is the only one not crying. And there was all these comments like, I'm so surprised Chloe's not crying. She's a cancer, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is like cancers, because they're a crab, they have that hard shell around them and it's kind of like a wall up. So they're not really likely to always express their emotions. You know, they're not a Pisces. Pisces is the only water sign that's a fish that, you know, has no protective shell around it. Um, and you know, crabs have pinchers, Scorpios, scorpions have their tail to sting you. Pisces are going to be the one to fucking start crying. Okay. Like a cancer is going to just have their bitch, their resting bitch face and like just keep everything under the surface. I think also because they really value safety and security and they want to go back into their shell, go back to the sea where they're safe. Like they're going to wait to really cry or express their emotions. Typically once they do feel safe, Um, So that could be part of it. As a cancer, you tend to be a warrior and a silent brooder. People may pour their hearts out to you, but the flow never goes in the the other direction. You are cautious about revealing too much of yourself. You guard your secrets well. If offended, you do not strike back directly. Your method of retaliation is to sulk, and it is often very effective. Beneath your tough exterior, you are a sentimental softy who will make any sacrifice for someone in need. If someone asks you for a favor, your first reaction will probably be no, but the final answer is always yes. You should be judged not by what you say, but by what you do. Cancers are crab-like in their indirect approach to an intended target. Observe a crab moving on a beach, and you will notice its strange sideways movement towards a goal. People born under the sign of the crab never take the direct approach. You step to one side, then step to the other side, and sometimes go completely around but you get to where you intend to go. Those in your circle think of you as a dead mother, and this goes for men and women, the one who tries to fix other people's problems and make sure everyone is happy. They like your concern for their well-being and cherish your wise counsel. But why, even if they follow your advice, do they keep it a secret from you? Because they think you're controlling and don't want to be a puppet on your string. They also think you're moody. One minute you seem to care about them, and the next you're crabby and to be avoided at all costs. In your career, you're viewed as someone who can quickly spot an opportunity for financial gain. So I also honestly really think of Mike the situation, especially in those middle, well, I mean, throughout the whole series, honestly. Um, But I especially just think of, like, I'm rewatching the Italy season right now, season four. Um, But I specifically think of season five. Like, do you remember season five? I don't know if you've seen Jersey Shore, but in season five... That was when everyone really hated Mike. And now, you know, we know he was going through a drug addiction and just that was a really hard time for him. Um, But that was when everyone in the house just really did not like him. No one really fucked with him. That's when he and Snooki were beefing. And there's just this one scene where like, 
they're out and then they're going back home. He's in the car with Snooki and Dina and he's like, I just feel like everyone hates me. Like, oh my God. And they're like, why don't you just talk to them about it? And he's like, because like, he's like, oh, I just don't want to talk to them about it. Like, he'd just rather like sulk and talk about it than like confront the issue directly. And then he's like super fucked up later at the house and he's like i just feel like like no one likes me and you guys just talk about me behind my back blah 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 and all the guys are like no we don't like are you serious he's always the one to cook for everyone he wants to make sure everyone's good but then he can randomly turn very like moody like it's just so funny watching this show specifically knowing everybody's signs because it's just always so true like everyone in that house is a water sign and then like ron and Snooky are the only non-water signs and they're both a sagittarius like are you fucking kidding me just like so funny. that's why like whenever i'm in a group setting i just would like to know everyone's sign like i just want to know like and not to like judge anyone like especially bros i was like eh, don't judge me <laughs> i just want to know like sometimes the whole room will be like fire and air signs you know and it's just like that's so interesting all you guys are friends and everyone like that sign or like you know that element it was actually so funny too <laughs> one time my friends and I were out and then these guys were talking to us and I was like, oh, like, what are your guys' signs? And one of the bros was like, I hate when people ask that because everyone just wants to judge you. And I was like, are you a Gemini? And he was like, yeah, how did you know? I was like, well, next time in the future, if you don't want people to know you're a Gemini, don't say that because only Gemini, only Gemini, like, males say that, I feel like, because like, it's like the girls ask them their sign, they say they're Gemini and the girls are like, ew, and then they don't. Like, Gemini girls are, like, proud to be Gemini's, you know? But so often the guys are like, why would you even ask me about the signs? It's so stupid. Like, I don't even care. Like, you're just going to judge me. It's like, oh, so you're a Gemini. Got it. <laughs> anyway, so cancer season, you know, is a season of turning inwards, going back to like our homes, our families, and just like practicing self-care, care for others. It really is like the calm. It can be kind of the calm before Leo season, which is a fire sign season and just a lot more crazy. It also says you get almost as involved in your friend's problems as you do in your own. When you're close to someone, you believe you're supposed to help that person. <laughs> Harmony is important to you. Any kind of conflict or quarrel leaves you feeling depressed. <laughs> LOL. So let me know if you're a cancer. How does it feel to be a cancer? And if you're not a Cancer, what is your experience with Cancers? Do you fuck with them? Do you not? What's your tea? I really like Cancers. Again, I think just because I do have a lot of like Cancer vibes in my chart. And uh, I just grew up. I, my sister's a Cancer. Just everyone in my family has Cancer placements. So I just think, love that. I just feel like I get along with Cancers because I just get them and I relate to them. So <laughs> it should definitely be an interesting time. Um, but Gemini season has been fun so far. And again, just that, like I was talking about in previous episodes over this past month, just that relief after Mercury retrograde is just always nice. So let me know your thoughts on cancers and if you're looking forward to cancer season or not. For our last topic of the day. Um, no, but I saw, I don't know if y'all have been watching the Kardashians on Hulu. I... I don't want to say I'm like obsessed, but I have definitely been watching. I think it's super interesting and entertaining. And I just really like the new style, like the docu-series style. And I was kind of talking about that last week, I think. But just like how they've stayed and remained relevant for so many years is quite shocking in it. So I saw this TikTok and I wish I could find the original TikTok. I didn't even really plan 
like when I saw it, I did not think like, oh, this would make a great podcast topic. But then when I was thinking of what I wanted to talk about this week, I thought of it. So if I can find the original TikTok, I will link it down below. The main premise of it was the Kardashians and aging. And she was talking about in that episode, whichever it was, I think it was from two weeks ago now, um, they made a lot of references about turning 40. So Chris was talking about how her career really started when she turned 40. Kim was talking about how she was told by, I think, her grandma. The best sex is when in you're in your 40s. And then Chloe was like, I can't wait to be 40. So they're kind of putting this positive spin on aging and turning 40. And I think from what the girl said in the TikTok and just in general, you know, that's like kind of this new phenomenon because especially in the industry in hollywood it's like bro once you turn 25 you're out sorry you're an old hag and just the ageism that takes place in our society and specifically with women because that's intertwined with misogyny and you know on one hand like we do have our reproductive years um but there's just this like obsession with youth and it's just always so weird like when you see these guys especially celebrities like dating like 18 19 20 year old girls and it's just it's very odd so i found an article as i do about feminism aging and all of that so this article is from nbcnews.com and it is titled aging is a woman's secret power and the data proves it. Right now, older women face a double challenge of ageism and sexism, and a common response to these obstacles is to feel uncomfortable as one ages and try to hide it to the extent possible. But in fact, being older is a tremendous advantage for many women, particularly women in leadership positions. As our society shifts towards an older workforce, it's extremely important for women to embrace their age, to both spare themselves unnecessary grief and to reach their greatest potential. This advantage isn't simply a feel-good rallying cry to give older women a self-esteem boost. It's clear from data gathered by data scientists, me saying data and data in the same sentence, we found through a blend of research scales and open-ended questions that older people are happier than other age groups and far more productive than commonly believed. Indeed, the image of the lonely, cranky senior simply doesn't match reality. Instead, we tend to be happier as we age. The older adults we surveyed in their 60s, 70s, and 80s were more likely to report feeling calm, optimistic, cheerful, and full of life, and less likely to report hopelessness, restlessness, nervousness, or sadness than those in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. The results are supported by a body of scientific literature showing that happiness is a roughly U-shaped, showing that happiness is roughly U-shaped, dipping at midlife and increasing as we age. That sucks for that sucks for us. But I guess, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. This is good news for leadership because who wouldn't want a calm, optimistic boss? These traits aren't simply pluses, but actually provide the bedrock for solid solid leadership. By being the center of calm, leaders inspire those around them to do their best work because everyone is operating from a place of trust. And then she says, In my case, as a female executive in my fifties, I'm happier than I've ever been. I feel more prepared to deal with hurdles than in my younger years because I've accumulated enough life experiences to know myself well, and that's an advantage when times are difficult. 
Age has made me a better leader because I know not to get too hung up on the ups and downs of life, or to let those bumps in the road destabilize my team. Instead, I keep forging ahead, more confident that things will work out in the end. There's also a sense of purpose that comes from having lived longer, and particularly going through loss, something that's increasingly likely to be the case the older one gets. Experiencing the death of a loved one can put things in sharp relief, offering perspective for the road ahead. One participant from our survey said, everything in my life has to have meaning now. That attitude can help galvanize those around you. Contrary to popular belief, we continue to cultivate curiosity as we age. Sharon, age 68, told us, I'm working on my bucket list. I take cello, piano, I'm engrossed in music theory. She finds it rewarding to explore new territory and see the progress she's making. Since 1900, we've been gifted 30 extra years, 15 of which are likely to be productive and generative. You don't have to work into your final days, but you also don't have to disappear into the golf courses of Florida. Because of this additional time, the norms we set up around aging, fading to obscurity as a little old lady or a senile man with a cane, should be what we put out to the pasture. So although this kind of differed than, you know, the Kardashians, it's still just evidence that proves, you know, we live in an ageist and sexist society and, you know, you have to deal with this bullshit until you die. And because of ageism, you know, I think it's definitely just hard on older people in general, um, you know, in a society that just focuses so much on youth. And I think especially under capitalism, you know, when you're older, you're not as likely to be able to work as much or, you know, you're retired. So you're not contributing to the workforce, to capitalism. So it's just kind of like, oh, well, you're useless then. And then especially as a woman, also having that pressure of you know your beauty and your looks and like oh my god you're getting old your looks are fading so what kind of worth do you even have then um so it's kind of that double thing of like you know we're just in an ageist society to begin with but then also as a woman you have to worry about both so going back to the kardashians it will be very interesting to see how they age i guess and not like looks wise but just in overall vibes and, you know, will they be able to change how society views women, especially women in the industry, who age? So already we can see, you know, they're doing things that are kind of out of the norm, like talking about, you know, aging being great. Oh, I started my career when I turned 40. I'm having the best sex now that I'm 40. Oh my God, I'm so excited to be 40. Um, but then also with that, it's like, obviously they're very wealthy and they do promote a very unrealistic standard of beauty for most women. And obviously because of their wealth, they have access to a lot of things that, you know, the average woman doesn't like, you know, the skincare, the facials, the treatments, um, the injectables, the surgery, etc. Um, so I'm curious to see, like, will it be like, oh, well, aging is great because, you know, I'm able to still look young. Or is it like aging is great and, you know, getting older, looking older, having lines in your face, whatever, is just a natural part of life. And as I was like looking things up for this, um, Kim has definitely talked about aging a lot, how she's scared to age. I think in a recent interview, she said that she would eat poop. (laughs) It was something. I think headlines made it a little like more extreme than it actually was. But it was something like, oh, if I, like she was, I think she was talking about the extents she will go to or how she'll like try anything to prevent aging. And she was like, oh, I would eat poop every day if it meant I could 
remain youthful. So it's it's just interesting, you know, you can be that beautiful, successful, wealthy, etc., and still face that pressure of look as young as possible, you better not age, you, you gotta look good for your age, you know, gonna take the easy route of like, oh, well, it's because I look great for my age that aging is great, or is it just like, aging is great, period. Obviously, I'm still very young, um, but I can say just even in the past four years or six years of being an adult, every year I do get wiser, I do get, I get smarter, I'm able to spot the bullshit quickly. I deal with less fuck shit, especially when it comes to guys. Um, so that just really makes me realize, like, no wonder all these guys are dating the little 18-year-olds because when you're 18, you don't know shit, bro. Like, you really don't. You think you do, but, you're, but you don't. You don't really know the game like that. Um, so, so I guess that, like, excites me. But yeah, just that societal pressure, especially of just how we look, you know, um, I think it's just so hard. And that's why, you know, your looks just can't be like your only thing. <laughs> it's like they're going to fade. But with that being said, like, will I get Botox? Yes. Am I using retinol? Yes. Am I using SPF? Yes. Low key, it's like part of me is interested to age just to see if my skincare works. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm wearing SPF every day. I have since I was 18. So, like, is my skin going to be good? Like, let's just, like, see. There is this lady on TikTok. I've only seen her once on my For You page, and it was this TikTok where she's like, I can tell how old you are by the back of your hands. Let me show you my hand care routine to ensure that my hands stay young. And it was basically just, like, putting SPF on her hands and using retinol and, like, doing a hand scrub twice a week or something. And like using hand cream, it's like, okay. But just like the way she said it, she had such an attitude. Like, I can tell how old you are by the back of your hand. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up, bitch. I can tell how much of a bitch you are by your fucking tone, okay? So get your fucking life. So yeah, and I think all of this also kind of goes into the whole, is plastic surgery feminist? Are injectables feminist, etc. And like I always say, bro, it's like, I'm not saying surgery is feminist. I'm not saying Botox is feminist. But I think when people put the problem or want to blame the individual instead of the societal like root of it, I think that's just, it's an inaccurate place of blame because, you know, this is just like someone getting a, like since we're talking about aging, someone getting a, a neck lift, a facelift, a boob lift, someone getting Botox, someone getting injectables to make their face appeal more, appear more youthful. That is all a side effect of ageism, sexism, and capitalism. You know, that's not like just an isolated like, oh, well, you don't love yourself. <laughs> you know, it's like we are socialized to believe that our beauty, our worth comes from our looks. Our beauty is the most important thing. Youth is the most important thing. We need to look as young as possible. We need to prevent aging. Um, and it's crazy because you really do get more opportunities like pretty privilege is so real like like bitch i can tell you hands like i can tell you firsthand you know i don't have this ass i can walk into any room and i can you know do what i do what i gotta do when your friend with the bbl has to be the one to get you the table so i'm not saying oh plastic surgery is so feminist and empowering but it's like going around blaming individuals or shaming people for getting work done is not productive and not the answer to the problem because the problem again comes from ageism sexism capitalism and disgusting men period so i guess i just 
post a question to y'all. Like, what do you, thoughts on aging? <laughs> and thoughts on the Kardashians. How do you think they are going to handle aging? Who are some of your favorite celebrities? This is the thing too, like we've never really seen a celebrity age in this day and age like with social media like we've seen people age throughout the decades you know like there's people who are child star who were child stars who are now adults and you know we've seen them throughout the decades um you know j-lo comes to mind Cher, madonna but the kardashians are just such like an anomaly almost that this will be just super interesting so let me know what y'all think about that i actually have a botox appointment this week so (laughs) honestly i love it like i've never gotten any filler but i started getting botox last year and i really like it y'all like it makes such a difference in my face like that little mini brow lift i just really like it and people say oh baby botox is or like you know preventative botox is unnecessary it's just a scam But the thing is, like, if you're freezing your muscles, you're not going to keep moving your muscles in a way that's going to, like, create lines. So I'm not saying, like, oh, my God, it's bad to have lines. But it's, like, if you would like to prevent (laughs) me after my whole spiel. Well, anyway, so if you want to know about Botox. um, So, yeah, I really like it. Mine's, like, very worn off. I've been getting it just twice a year. So I think I got it twice last year. I got some in, I think it was January of this year. So I'm about to go get some more because, yeah, this is, like, very much worn off on my forehead and like I don't even really have lines in my forehead like that but I can just tell and especially on camera like there's just nothing like when your whole face doesn't move but it's not my whole face it's just like my forehead so but yeah so <laughs> I'm not like saying you should go do that but I just really like so I'm scared of filler though like I just I've heard so many horror stories of people saying they regret filler and it just like migrates in their face. Like maybe when I get older and I feel like, I don't know, I need some volume in my cheeks or something like maybe. But as of right now, I just don't really want to fuck with my face. Yeah, there's just so much shit that we do. And it's like, yeah, we don't have to do it, but like, oh, we like to do it. Like your nails, your hair, a wax, a tanning. Like it's kind of fun. I hate to say it. it is like actually very fun. There's just nothing like that feeling. I don't even get my lashes done, but that's another thing, you know? I don't know. Anyway, this is another thing, too. I saw this TikTok. It was so cute. This girl was like, this is everything I spend just getting ready for my trip. And she's, like, talking about her her wax, her nails. Um, she got her apartment clean. She got, like, all these outfits. What else did she do? She got her toes done. She got her brows laminated. She got, did I say lashes? Yeah. It was literally, like, a whole band for all of that. Like, she was like, it was about as much as my trip. And so I was just thinking about, like, how bros prepare for a trip. It's like, yeah, I'm going to just get my hair done and, like, buy a new pair of shorts. And, like, that's it. (laughs) You know? It's like, damn, we really have to do so much. Like, it's crazy. And, yeah, oh, we don't have to do it. But it's like, you know, like, (laughs) there's a sort of vibe of, like, I don't know. If you're a baddie, like, you just have to be a baddie sometimes. Like, yes, I will do my maintenance. Anyway, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you gained something from this podcast. (laughs) Let me know your thoughts on any of it. And let me know what you want me to talk about next week. Don't forget to join my Discord server and post a screenshot of you listening to the podcast on your IG story and tag me so I can repost. Love you guys so much. And I will talk to you next week.